Hi, my name is Ali Vignon, coach of the Flyers. Hey, I'm Travis Konechny. Hi, I'm Paul Holmgren. Hi, I'm Matt Niskanen. Hey, I'm Scott Lawton. Hi, I'm Joel Farabee. Hi, it's Derek Graham. Hi, this is Bob Clark. And you're, you're listening, listening to, to Snow the Goalie. 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 Welcome into Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast, the People's Podcast, the Players Podcast. The Pandemic Podcast, the Presidential Podcast, the Perennial Podcast, the Pampers Podcast, the Pandemic Podcast, the Peter Light Podcast, the Only Flyers Podcast. I'm Russ Joy at Joy on Broad, joined as always by Mr. Happy Anthony Sanfilippo. Find him on Twitter at Philly, And of course, find our show on Twitter at SnowTheGoalie and Facebook.com slash SnowTheGoalie. Anthony, how are you? I'm fantastic, Russ. Are you? Yeah, because like we got news today. We got hockey news today. We have hockey action. Yo. <laughs> what up, Bruno? What I, up, San I, Filippo? I think I think that the I think we're going to it's pretty certain. Unless the pandemic um oh boy, gets to the point where, you know, we are in the apocalypse. We're going to have hockey again. This season is not just – it's going to continue. It's going to pick up where it left off, and they're going to keep playing hockey. Can't wait to talk about this, Russ. This is going to be interesting. And we'll, ta- and we'll talk about why the NHL is hell-bent on playing their season and finishing their season and not just you know jumping to a playoff or not just – you know, blowing it off and say, let's just get to 2020, 2021. There's a lot to, you know, unpack here. There's a lot of hockey to talk about. And it might not be specific to the Flyers, but it's it's certainly worth, you know, the conversation. Yeah, I think at this point, like, it doesn't matter if it's Flyers specific. I think people are just excited to talk about hockey. And we did a, a, a really long episode last week that, uh, you know, obviously featured an interview with uh, Flyers forward Derek Grant. But uh, we talked a lot about the pandemic to start the episode, and I think at this point people are kind of pandemic out. And um, I, I don't mean to compare this, but I'm going to compare it. This to me was kind of like the aftermath of, of when Kobe passed away. It was like every show, regardless of what sport you were listening to, every podcast was somehow centered around it. And like the first couple of episodes of whatever you would listen to, you were like, man, okay, this is kind of like grieving together or whatever, but and trying to process things. But by like the sixth podcast you got to where it was like that and it was like later in the week, you just kind of tuned it out. So I get it. And so we're not going to talk about uh, I'd rather go back to talking about Kobe than continue to talk about coronavirus. Yeah, I, I agree. So uh, we and the funny thing is you and I are kind of in rare form because we just got done recording uh, crossing broadcast with uh, Kevin and, and well, Bob for about 15 minutes. But uh, that that's another show for another day. Anyway. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk about some exciting, I guess, uh, possibilities here for the NHL. I do want to talk about uh, a couple of things that we had going on over on Twitter this weekend, which was uh, every day that's gone by. We uh started putting up a, a different player. So uh, we had the Ivan Provorov on the ninth day. We had John LeClaire on the 10th day. I didn't do one today, and I should have, because we have players that we like that have worn the number 11 for the Flyers. But whatever. Anyway, uh, where do you want to start, friend? Well, let's let's jump right into it with, you know, with okay. the news. I mean, so the, the Board of Governors had, had a conference call today, uh, the NHL Board of Governors, that is, um, with Commissioner Gary Bettman, 
um, and uh, his number two, Bill Daly. Um, and they kind of talked about, you know, just uh, you know where things are. And obviously they, they had – so first thing I should say is they had a um, an infectious disease specialist. They, they won't say who, um, but it is based in New York um, – who was also on the call and trying to get, you know, and answering as many questions as he possibly could and definitely made it clear to the, um, to the governors that there, there is no, you know, guarantee on anything, you know, as far as to when this all will end, but um, did at least give them some hope that they could potentially bring this season back. Now, we talked about this last week and we talked about, you know, the potential for a 24 team uh, playoff with, you know, the top eight teams being getting a bye, and then the rest playing like a preliminary round, whether that's a three or five game series, whatever, and then getting into the playoffs. But the one thing that we didn't really take into consideration, Russ, was that the NHL would want to finish the season. Like we kind of dismissed it, like saying, "Well, you know, they're going to miss so much time. How are you going to how are you going to get in the last thirteen, fourteen games of a season? Like that's that's a lot, right? I mean, yeah. it's basically a it's almost a month. I mean, it's three and a half weeks worth of games. How are you going to get all that in? So we kind of figured they would just kind of blow off the regular season and jump right into the playoffs. All contraire. <laughs> so the this was being discussed today that they want to finish the season and have the playoffs and that the possibility exists, get this, Russ, the possibility exists that the NHL season won't end until September. Punch me in the head, say it ain't so. Okay. Oh, God. And it's funny because, we, like you said, you just mentioned, we just finished recording Crossing Broadcast – and on that, I said, you know, oh, you know, there's the NHL's committed to an 82-game season. They absolutely have come out and said it. There's no way that they're going to play in October, blah, blah, blah. Well, I was mostly right. <laughs> they are committed to an 82-game season for 2020-2021. That's not going to change. They are playing those 82 games next year. Yeah. But they are under the impression that they could push the start of that season back into mid to late November. They would, of course, wipe out... Not the, much of an off-season, is it? No. Well, they would, they would well, wipe the out... the teams that are the most successful, obviously. Right. They would wipe out the, um, the bye week. Of course, this all has to be negotiated with the NHLPA. They would wipe out the bye week, and they would probably wipe out the all-star break. Um, just not have it. So that would at least give give them two more weeks of play that they could sneak in. You probably go into you know later into April next year as opposed to early April with the with the schedule. We can still get eighty two games in, and then your playoffs will run you know a little bit later in June, um, but still before July one. Um, there's still a lot of things that have to be worked out, uh, like contracts. Um, you know they're 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 set to exp- a lot of contracts are set to expire July one. That's the start of the new league year. Um, how will that work? Will they get extended? You know what what happens? How does that that all has to be figured out? Um, but uh, yeah, their plan seems to be that they when they come back they want to finish the season and have a full playoff. 
the 24 team option is still out there as an alternative um and you know that was talked about uh today as well that there is an there are are alternatives um to finishing the season and allowing uh for more teams to get in um so that does still exist i think that's a plan b though at this point that plan a is they want to finish the season i think they're out of their minds <laughs> Well, I'll tell you why, but go ahead. Explain, explain no, why they're well, out of their mind. So, so there, are, there are a couple of things here. Uh, and, and I think that what the NHL and the NBA do are going to kind of mirror each other, but I do think there are going to be slight nuances to this that are going to be different. The, um, the NHL Players Association has had an issue with escrow, and I don't want to get into that on this show. Well, I feel like I can ex- do a quick explainer, actually, of it. All right, go ahead. I thought about it. Because, I, because I, there, is, there, there, there is a reason that the players would want to see the 82 games. Yeah, and there's so, obviously a financial reason that the owners, owners would want to see the 82 games. So well, they're they're kind of in lockstep on this more yeah, than so, the NBA, right? Well, so the first thing that, the first thing that people need to understand is the NHL is not nearly as valuable as the NBA um, or Major League Baseball. So therefore, <laughs> them missing. <laughs> it's, it's, hold on, <laughs> oh. oh. People need to understand, as if that one wasn't wasn't blatantly obvious. Well, I'm just saying, like it, I'm it, not it, trying to crap on the league that we cover, but like no, let's, it's, yeah, it's like, not that. On, so you, just, you just don't. I mean, you, I don't know if you know this or not, but MLS is not nearly as no, but it's not. It's uh, not something that people. It's not EPL. something that people think about, right? So that therefore, them losing games, the NHL losing games, has more of a financial impact than the NBA losing games or the or Major League Baseball losing games. Okay, it, it, it just it just does. But here's here's how it works. So, escrow. Um, the players and the league in the NHL, they divide all of the hockey revenue 50-50. It's a 50-50 split. Okay? Now, sometimes player salaries exceed their 50% share of the revenue for, for a particular season. So, in, you know, preparing for this, the league withholds a certain percentage of the salaries during the year, which is then put into escrow. Now, the money taken from from salaries throughout the year is pulled together into like its own bank account. And if the if the league's share of the revenue is below fifty percent at the end of the year, they take what they need from the escrow pool to make up the difference to get to fifty fifty, and then whatever's left over is then returned to the players. And it works in in reverse. So if at the end of the year the league share of revenue is more than fifty percent, bonus money is given to the players to balance things out. Now you may ask, why is it that it doesn't always equal fifty percent? Well, the salary cap is is based on the previous season's revenue. Okay, so the league picks out a midpoint, and then the cap is always fifteen percent higher than that midpoint, and the floor is always fifteen percent below the midpoint. So that way you have that 30% stretch between the floor and the and the cap, okay? And yeah. if all if every team's payroll was the median, then the players' share and the league share would would then be equal. But some teams pl- spend right up to the cap, others spend down to the floor, and so therefore they have to figure out a way to to balance that and this is you know they use the escrow accounts. And so now depend you know how much is is withheld, that's it depends. It, it changes during the season. It's actually adjusted uh, four times a year. Um, 
and, and you know, players don't particularly like that, to be honest with you, um, because they don't really, they can never really know how much is going to be in their paycheck or how much is going to be withheld from their paycheck for escrow yeah. because it's constantly changing. Um, but on average, it, it's around 10% of the salary. So 10% of a player's salary is usually withheld for escrow. So that's what that's what escrow is, and that's how it works. And f- trying to figure <laughs> escrow out escrow is not uh, not limited to just your mortgage, right? <laughs> right, exactly. And so trying to figure out how that would apply to a season that had an uneven number of games played, and certain players playing more than others, and et cetera, et cetera. Like it would be really convoluted. So the thought process is let's play these games or let's at least get to the same number of games. You had mentioned that on the other show, and I think we talked about that a little bit last week. Um, but let's try and get to the same number of games so that way the escrow would work out and not be nearly as complicated. So, And, and anyway, that's, that's what the escrow discussion is in the NHL. Does that make sense? I guess, like, well, I, I, I'm trying to, like, process this whole thing, right? Because, I, and I think for the listener, you just did a really good job of, of explaining that. So I'm going to give you a little tip of the hat. I'm going to raise Thanks, my, my, raise my beverage to you and, uh, and, and <laughs> salute you, kind sir, on explaining that. Um, it, it is interesting because I think so many times people like to compare the NHL and the NBA just by virtue of the fact that they, they run from roughly the same time period through, through more or less the same period uh, or, or within a couple of weeks on their finals. Um, I, I, I think the NBA is more likely to, to go with the, the straight to postseason route uh, for a lot of the reasons that uh, <laughs> their base salary for vets and, and their minimum pay is, is higher. I don't think they have the same kind of issue or structure here that the NHL does. Um, it is interesting to me that, the league and the players would 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 risk maybe I, I don't know if risk is the right word here, but that they would want to go out of their way to get to eighty two games. Um, like imagine being somebody who plays for the Detroit Red Wings, and you're being told that after months away from the game, you're supposed to go and somehow get yourself in shape physically and mentally to go out. And get your ass handed to you for what seven more games in a season, and then you know take it easy for the duration of the postseason, however long or short that would be, and then return to play in like a couple months, and then just like get beaten up for eighty-two games again. You know, like I I, I think it makes a lot of sense for the better teams and for the real contenders and for teams that were getting hot and teams that were, you know, trying to capture the hearts and minds and imaginations of their fan bases. But for like the bottom dwellers, this is a terrible outcome. You almost wonder if if those kinds of teams would just rather forfeit their games. They obviously won't. But like you just kind of wonder if conceptually those players are are going to ever check back into this season. I think it you know, one of the the questions that I had raised over on the other show was you know, if if the idea here is to get back to normalcy or try to get back to normalcy and, and, you know, let's say that they play these games in empty arenas. I mean, let's start there. If the players and the league agree that they're going to play out the last seven or eight games, depending on the team, do you think this is a situation where, you know, maybe it, it's all based on when they can get these games scheduled? But do you think that this is going to be a situation where they're playing in front of empty stadiums? Or that's, do you think they're going to try to push it back further so that 
maybe there's a possibility they can get people back in. Yeah, I think it's possible that they at least get started with it's I mean, who knows, Russ, but it, it is possible that I think that they do play some games in front of empty arenas if for no other reason that, you know, maybe we, you know, maybe we're starting to come out of our quarantine uh, and starting to do return to life as normal, but we're still not ready to put 20,000 people in the same place at once because, you know, the virus is still kind of out there, but maybe we can, we can have collections of, you know, 150, 200 people that are kind of together. So maybe you can do the games in the arenas empty at least because look, the TV revenue is far greater than to to, far greater value to these teams than the actual um, arena revenue. Don't get me wrong. We talked about this too. They make about a million bucks uh, on ticket sales per game and then probably close to another close to a million in concessions and sales and stuff you know at the game so you're you're looking at you know two million dollars of hit for a team you know for a game that's not being played or at least not being attended um nevertheless the amount of money that they make off of advertising revenue with a game on television is far far greater okay so that's that's why you know it, it matters to try and get some of these games in and it's not just seven or eight games i mean every team has you know 12 13 games to go detroit has 11 um and i know and i agree with you like it's really kind of hard to say to these guys hey you've been off for two and a half months now you gotta get in shape and come back and play 11 games it's gonna suck for them right there's no doubt being, like imagine being dylan larkin yeah and and like i uh to go through this kind of season and then uh, – mm, mm, I just don't see it. Like, we, we are so big, you and I, on on looking at the human element here. And if if the Flyers were in the same position that the Red Wings were in at this point, I don't think there's anybody that we'd be able to get on the record about how nonsensical this is. They would probably come up to us – well, if we were allowed in the locker room, uh, they would probably <laughs> talk to us about, you know, how BS this is. I've got to think that – if you're a Red Wing at this point, none of this is going to sit well with you. But then again, you are getting paid to play a professional sport, so I don't know how much you really can complain, right? But go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. I mean, so that, that that's it, really. I mean, that's that's kind of what we're looking at. So I think that I think that you're looking at the fact that, that there's going to be at some point, you know, maybe they start uh, working out again in May. Maybe there are a couple of like uh, controlled scrimmages, um, not necessarily in arenas, but maybe at practice facilities uh, between a couple teams, just to you know get them play- get the feel of playing again, and then the push, and then it's like, hey man, it's turn the switch because there's eleven games left. You're trying to win a division or trying to make the playoffs, and you play those eleven games in the span of you know three weeks. That's probably uh, roughly three weeks. Um, maybe starting, uh, you know, early June and you do it for three weeks and then guess what? Your playoffs start right around the fourth, right around July 1st. And it's a two month push July and August. That's your, that's your playoffs, your full 16 team, seven best of sevens. And, uh, yeah. Then you have, you know, you take, move the draft and free agency into August maybe early September, 
training camp is moved from September to October, and the season starts in uh, mid to late November, maybe Thanksgiving or the day after. Maybe you have opening day be uh, Black Friday. Jeez. <laughs> this whole thing just seems so messed up, doesn't it? Like it's, It does, but, I mean, that's what it, we're kind of looking it's at. Fine. And, and, like, look, it's fine. And and I, I'd rather break this down with you than than not. And I think any any kind of hope that we can give people that things could return to normal and and, and at some point we hope that they do return to normal, it, it's worth it. But just conceptually thinking about this season getting pushed back that far is insane. And you think about the impact that it could have on the following season. And I get that, you know, the NHL is saying that they want to still have an 82 game season for the 2020, 2021 season. And, and maybe that's where they're diametrically opposed to what, again, I know that like not every hockey fan cares about basketball, but like the, the NBA is probably not going to play an 82 game season next year. I think they've kind of resigned themselves to that because they have a better TV deal. They have a better revenue stream and a better revenue split than the NHL does. So it's not as, as, uh, critical to their league's success that they have 82 games. And I think it was the Atlanta Hawks owner has been really big on the idea of like, let's start on Christmas day. We're not competing against the NFL for nearly as long. It allows us to go into the summer further where you're really only competing against baseball. Uh, obviously the MLS isn't much of a ratings draw comparative. I, I think that it is worth discussing and I don't know where you sit on this one, but I think anything that the NHL can do to kind of differentiate itself in terms of timing from the NBA might be worth it. Um, and maybe it is something as simple as seeing where the NBA is going to go with this, uh, assuming that they're able to finish out their season or their their postseason run. If the NBA were to announce that they're gonna they're gonna follow the Atlanta Hawk um, uh, owner's proposal of starting on Christmas Day. If you're the NHL, do you do whatever you can to get yourself set up for that November launch so that you're the only show in town aside from the NFL on Sundays and you have like a month jump on the NBA? Do you consider pushing back and trying to get yourself almost back in line with the NBA? Or does the NBA function totally independent of you? So I know people don't quite realize this a lot of times, but the NHL already pretty much has a a one-month jump on the NBA. Always has. I mean, NBA has yeah. always started around Halloween, right? I even remember some seasons years back where they didn't start until the beginning of November in the NBA. Um, but it always starts closer to Halloween, whereas the NHL starts towards the beginning of October. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe it's not a full month. Maybe it's more like three weeks. So they've always had a little bit of a jump start uh, on the NBA. Um, I I think they would be better served to not have their championships run simultaneously, which has started to happen in the last couple of years. Like if you go back in time, like the the NHL Stanley Cup Finals used to happen, you know, third week of May. I mean, that's when it used to be. Now they're running the same week as the NBA Finals, and I think that the NHL would be wise to try and split that off. You know, yeah, their playoffs can kind of run concurrently, but you don't want the NHL Stanley Cup final and the NBA finals happening at the same time. I think it's that's bad for business. Um, so maybe you, you try and stagger it just a little bit. And maybe if you're, you know, if the NBA's come in December and you're the NHL and you start Thanksgiving, then, you know, maybe, maybe you have the ability to get your championship determined before the NBA really hits their their biggest playoff series and 
and maybe that's good for that's good for you because there's not you're going up against nothing, really. Yeah. You're going up against some regular season baseball. I've always felt that that's like the one thing for the NHL to kind of get out of the NBA shadow. It had an opportunity in 1994. 1994 is when the Rangers won the Stanley Cup, and the whole country was watching because it's a it was a New York team, okay, and b they hadn't won since 1940, so it was a great story, okay. Game seven, Stanley Cup Finals. The NBA uh, had the the strike that year, so they were pushed back a little bit um, as far as when their stuff was happening. Jordan had retired, so there was no so. They lost the NBA lost its biggest star, so there was a lot of things going in favor for the for the NHL. And then, of course, what happens is is that during the NBA Finals, you have the OJ situation yep. breaks out, and so like nobody's Thanks, OJ nobody's paying attention to the NBA Finals. So the NHL had a lot of a lot of eyeballs watching that final. Um, big market in New York, big story with them breaking a curse. Um, the NBA Finals were were terrible. It was Houston and the Knicks, and it was a bad final. There was no, you know, nobody really cared because everybody was talking about OJ, and it was like, man, the NHL is going to take advantage of this, right? They got a lot of their ratings were were on par with the NBA's ratings at, for the playoffs at that point, and everybody was getting excited about it. And then the NHL went and locked itself out <laughs> four months later, and that was it. And they they never never recovered after that. Yeah. That was their opportunity, and they and they blew it because they had a lockout. Um, so yeah, so I mean, I think they would be wise to to try and split their playoff, separate it a little bit more, back to the way it used to be. You can be a month off, and that's fine. Yeah, but just so that you know, if your playoffs, if if your playoffs in May and the NBA's in June, if your finals in May and the NBA's in June, great. Or if you're in June and the NBA's July, if they start in December, great. I mean, whatever the case might be. Give yourself that time to split off from it, so that your championship and to send, a, to is send by out itself. and be kind of special. Yes, agree. Yeah, I mean, last year I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think that the NBA championship, Toronto winning the NBA championship, was one day after um, the NHL final. So the I- NBA finals began on Thursday, May 30th. They ended on Thursday, June thirteenth. Stanley, hold on, Stanley Cup. I think it was one day difference. Yeah, let's see. Stanley Cup Finals uh, ended on yeah, it was one day. Yeah, yeah. So St. Louis, St. Louis and Boston started their series on the twenty ninth of May, one day. It was the the same time. Finals game one. Yeah, it it was insane. It was the same time. Yeah, and game game seven was on June twelfth. Right. Yeah, that it, that doesn't work. No, no kidding. <laughs> it's just because here's the other thing you have to keep in mind. And like I know that a lot of times the the argument that people who don't care about hockey make is, well, ESPN doesn't cover them. Well, no, duh, they don't cover them. They don't own the rights to the league. If if hockey were owned or or the major rights or at least part of the TV rights were owned by ESPN, they would give a damn and they would they would lead from time to time with the NHL. But they own the rights to the NBA. They paid billions of dollars to to host or to own the rights to the marquee matchups and to have the NBA Finals on on ABC. Like, of of course they're going to lead with the NBA. But if you if there's no other show in town, then they're gonna have to cover it. That's why I said to you. I think it was uh, it might have been last week. It might have been two weeks ago. 
when the the COVID nineteen thing was was really starting to pop up. Uh, it was before the, I think, yeah, it was the show that we did before the NHL announced they were going to pause the season. I said, like, what are the odds that Gary Bettman looks at the situation and says, you know what? The NBA closed up shop. We could be the only show in town because MLS kind of was going to go in the same sort of, of way that, that the NBA was going to. And if you're Gary Bettman and, and you do the, the risk analysis, sure, the owners are going to lose out because you'd be playing in front of empty arenas potentially. But in terms of the media cycle, you'd be the only show in town. And like, of course, you know, I, yeah, because it was the same show where you said like baseball was a little bit later than the NHL and making the announcement. But like, realistically, I think from a business standpoint, had you been able to confirm that none of the players or trainers or anybody around the teams were uh, carriers of the coronavirus, like maybe there's a chance that they would have tried to play out the rest of the regular season in really super closed off environments. And maybe from a business standpoint, you're losing out on the immediate revenue of, of the gate and, and concessions and everything. But you might end up, you know, gaining a lot of, of viewers. I mean, imagine if there were right now the way that the media landscape for sports has just bottomed out. Imagine if there were a professional sports league running right now. And no offense to bocce ball, but I'm not going to include bocce in that. Think about the way that there would be this almost obsessive, rabid kind of consumerism for a sport that a lot of people consider niche. Like you would have baseball fans who all of a sudden would be checking in. You would have your basketball fans who are longing for some kind of, of action. You'd have your soccer fans, same thing, who are also, I, I think soccer fans and hockey fans, there's a little bit of crossover because you just accept the fact that, you know, uh, sports talk radio and a lot of shows don't uh, appreciate or respect your leagues. Imagine that. And then put into to this, you know, one of our sponsors here is DraftKings Sportsbook. And like, you're going to have gamblers and people who care about sports betting who would obviously be eating up any opportunity they could to bet on live action. All that said, there wasn't really much of a way to make that kind of risk analysis work when you think about the kind of backlash that uh, would exist from the from a lot of the public if they had decided to keep the league going. Um this is a very long-winded way to say something that I've totally lost the original point on. But here we are. Do you know I think I could be a professional bocce player? Could you? <laughs> There's some great stories I could tell about bocce. Okay. We used do you want to, to tell them at the end of the show? Do you want to tell one right now? Yeah, you brought it up, so I might as well just you know, take this interesting diversion just for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um so we used to play bocce all the time. I mean, it's a, it's a very Italian game, right? My Who's family. we? My family. Who's we? Me and my family. Right? Okay. Anytime we would get together or anytime we had like a barbecue or a family outing, we played bocce. And we still have, my grandfather um, had uh, a set of bocce balls from Italy that were from turn of the century, turn of the 20th century that were made out of wood, Okay. And so we used to play, we still have them, we still play with them from time to time, these bocce balls that are made in Italy. So different from the plastic ones that are used today. And so we used to play all the time. Like we, had, we used to have family tournaments and this and that. So I was working at WIP. God, this was in the late 90s, I want to say. Um, and um, Angelo and Al were talking about bocce. And that Al was friends with this guy who's a professional 
bocce player. I didn't even know that there was such a thing as professional bocce. I just thought it was a you know recreational thing. And uh, so he's they're talking about it and his you know he's got his, this friend who's a professional bocce player. And I said to Angelo, I remember I was producing the show and during a commercial break, I said to him, you know, my grandfather <laughs> is probably the best bocce player I've ever seen. And I, I, I would venture to say that even at his advanced age that he could compete with professional bocce players. So Cataldi comes back on the radio and says, you know, we got to get Anthony's grandfather on the phone and talk about bocce. And so my gra- they called my grandfather up. And my grandfather starts talking to them about bocce, about how he played in the when he was in the service in the war, and you know they've been playing for years and years and years. And Morgani goes, "Well, I'll I'll set it up where you know you can come out and you play against this professional guy." So Cataldi decides that he's going to make a bet out of it, and it was going to be Cataldi, Morganti, and this professional player from Jersey against me, my grandfather, and Gargano who was working at the station at the time. And we we had this bocce match take place. Wait, did, did, instead of, uh, instead of orange slices, did like Gargano show up with uh, Primo hoagies? Anyway, continue. Sorry. No, no, this is pre Primo. This is pre Primo. And we, we sat there and my grandfather kicked this guy's ass. I mean, he, we, we won easy, easy won. And Morgani couldn't believe it. Like he was stunned. Like he was, they made he made sure he's like, well, we got to make you guys dinner and everything. Like we had this great dinner. Morgani couldn't have been better about it. He was really awesome about it. But like this whole thing was set up, and and they could not. And this this guy could not believe how good of a bocce player we all we all were. I mean, but my grandfather especially. Um, and uh, and it was it was it was like the coolest thing. It was and then we went on the radio. My grandfather had to go on the radio and talk about it after. It was like it made his life. That this little unknown guy ends up winning, beating this professional bocce player in bocce, and it was just, it was pretty cool. So that's neat. So there you go. Good for your, good for your grandpa. That's that's cool. Yeah, it was a great, it's a pretty great memory. So I still don't remember the point that I I lost my train of thought on. So it doesn't matter. So just the mo- point, yeah. the point. So the so yeah. So the uh, you were talking about how they should do, change their calendars. How they should decouple saying. from the NBA. Yeah, know? decouple from the NBA. Um, the the league is going. There's going to be another conference call tomorrow, but it's separate. It's not with the board of governors again. It's um, get Bettman and Daly with all the teams' GMs, and I think that they're going to go over again those specifics about how contracts work. You know, how's the draft going to work and things like that. Like, how are we going to get all this stuff happening from a personnel standpoint? So I think those pieces are going to be discussed tomorrow. But the fact that they're discussing this now tells you that there's they're putting plans in place to get hockey back going again assuming we get through <laughs> the next 2 weeks and that's pretty much where we're at at this point because yeah. you know the governor has now you know put us on lockdown through April 6th right but if we get through the next 2 weeks and things are starting to look maybe like they can be back to normal again we're going to we we have a real good chance of having our sport back it would be nice. It would certainly be a, a, a boost to morale. And uh, I, I would certainly be happy about it. I had people DMing me after the last episode when I said, you know, we were really close to making the biggest announcement in a snow goalie history. Still yeah. can't say anything about it. But I will say that if hockey comes back at some point, uh, I've got to think that that's still a thing 
and it would be a very big announcement. So we'll see. Yeah, it we shall see. It would be cool. It would be. It'd be pretty nifty. So <laughs> nifty. Uh, it would be. It'd be pretty snazzy. Remember, like way back in the in the uh, initial days of us doing this show, one of the first five star reviews was by somebody named Snazzy Shoes. Snazzy, yes. And that that like got your goat. You were. I loved it. I loved it. it. Yeah, you were yeah. so you were so yeah, pumped to shoes. see the word snazzy. Snazzy shoes. All right. Uh, where do you want to go next? Well, we have a little bit of Flyers about, news. Little bit. Do you want to talk Flyers about Go ahead. Yeah. Is that where so you're the Flyers today, and we're, we're recording on Monday, the 23rd. But the the Flyers had some news today. A signing. Uh, they have signed um, forward Tanner Lachinsky to an entry level contract uh, that will begin in the 2020-2021 season. Um, Lachinsky, uh, you know, he's he's a guy that's been. You know, in the organization for a while, uh, the Flyers don't have to sign. You know, you don't have to sign a player right away if he's in the NCAA, which is good. You can wait till he gets done uh, his college tenure before uh, you sign anybody. He was a um, sixth round draft pick of the Flyers back in 2016 um, and uh, has been pretty good um, at the collegiate level for Ohio State. Um, Played all four years there. was considered like a leader in their locker room. He was an alternate captain, um, played in every game this past year. Uh, I think he had uh, almost a point a game, 34 points, 36 games. Yeah, 11 goals, 23 assists. Um, it was a plus nine for whatever that's worth. Um, and, uh, you know, the Buckeyes were a pretty good team. I mean, they were, you know, at, when the when the um, season was shut down and they weren't able to play, you know, the Frozen Four or anything like that, Ohio State was ranked 10th in the country. Um, so, but Lachinsky has been a pretty good player there. Um, and uh, he was, he played for Team USA World Juniors. Um, uh, so he's, he, he's a, an interesting cat uh, for the, for the Flyers. I think he's a, he's a guy that could, uh, that could, you know, in, a, in maybe in a year or two, you know, he's 22, so he's going to need some time at the pro level, probably with the Phantoms next season um and then maybe you know the year after that you maybe get a shot and see if he can uh he can make it at the nhl level so it's that's an interesting signing so you're telling me is he's not mike vecchioni is what you're telling me (laughs) no he's probably a little bit more than that so i would certainly hope he's more (laughs) certainly hope he's more than a little more than that well it was a sixth round draft pick right i mean so you're really it's a it's a flyer there right so um yeah, so you, you, you're kind of hoping, a hoping to strike a flyer, yeah, hope- a flyer on a flyer. Yeah, yeah. a flyer on a flyer. Yeah. You're hoping to strike gold, right? With with a late round pick. Um, uh, that said, you know he's probably ahead of where most sixth round guys are. So you're automatically, at, you know, at that at that you know next step forward. You're you're already ahead of the curve, and you're already saying, "Wow, this is this may actually pan out to be a pretty good pick." So you know, wait and see. I mean, there's a there is a there is a big jump from NCAA to pro hockey, but it's not as big as the jump that is from junior to pro hockey. Those college kids have been used to playing against you know bigger sized players. It's a lot different when you're 22 playing against other 22 year olds as opposed to you know being 18 playing against 16 year olds, right? I mean, there's there's a big difference when you're jumping from junior hockey in Canada uh, to the to pro hockey. Uh, and from there's a difference from that to when you're what you're doing when you're going from the NCAA to the uh, to the pro leagues. Can I just say like it's been really nice that we've we've been positive here. 
I'm not sure that we're actually doing our normal show. Are we doing our show? Is that what's happening here? Because there, there hasn't be ne- been any what's negativity. There be, what's there to be negative about? There's been no hockey, Anthony. There's been no hockey for weeks. What do you mean, what's there to be negative about? I get it. I get that it. Was my, uh, that was my Angelo that also kind of sounds a little bit like Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> so uh, can you imagine? Okay, so let's just for a moment, we put Gilbert Gottfried in the WIP studio. What would that sound like? I'm trying to think. All right, I got this is, it. This is this is all you, man. Just so you know. I, I think I, I Excuse me, Rhea, what are you doing in the back there? Could you please tell me where Jonesy is? I love Jonesy. He does such a great job putting that scumbag Mike Milbury in his place. Can you believe that a league and a and a network would employ an absolute disgusting imbecile with the last name Milbury? I can't believe it, Rhea. Alright, anyway, continue, let's go. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Where do you want to go next? <laughs> um, where do we want to go next, Russ? Um, we can't oh, go to any five star probably... reviews because our 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 listeners let us down this week. Yeah, we didn't get after, any new five stars this after week. after multiple weeks of many five star reviews, which we maybe foolishly read uh, all at once. We did not get any in the last week. Very upsetting. We were on a really nice run there. I think we picked up 15 new reviews in uh, in like the last two and a half weeks before that. So yeah, that's all right. We'll, we'll, we'll say we'll be back. on a positive we'll back. The, uh, um, the Facebook but, page is is humming humming right along. That's great. That's great. I'll give yeah, you something that, to mention that's worth mentioning. All right, um, go ahead. So this week, you know, you were kind of caught up in it, but uh, more so than me. Although it was kind of a fun thing to to watch from afar. Um, okay. But uh, uh, this guy on Twitter, uh, at KO14C, Kyle Carney. Oh, love this. Yes. Yeah. So he did a little, I mean, he's got a decent little following of 3,400 people. Um, He uh, decided to do the Philly Sports Media March Madness Tournament, and he basically matched up 32 different um, either radio shows or podcasts in a bracket style fashion and we were included and we, uh, we won our first round match but by, by the way four shows from the crossing broad podcast network made the round of what was it 32 32 that's not bad yeah we were the only winner not bad we were we the were. only crossing broad podcast to win but we won our first round match no but- that's not true it's always soccer in Philadelphia. Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot, Kevin, I forgot Kevin also. Crossing won, Broadcast yes. almost pulled one out. Crossed Up was a... Uh, yeah, we got smoked. Crossed Up should have. Crossed Up got smoked. Um, Probably could have done But we also lost to a show that doesn't exist anymore. That is true. That part was upsetting. I even did a post about it where I said, how how could anyone vote for uh, Maze and Aton considering that <laughs> the, the primary name on the show no longer works for the station? Yeah. So, but anyway, it was kind of a cool thing. Um... It ran its course, and and uh, the winner overall was the rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast, uh, Spike Eskin's Sixers podcast, which the is probably, only the yeah, only the Sixers, Sixers podcast, podcast, which by the way mentioned the only Flyers podcast two episodes ago. It did. So that was fun. It did. Oh, that's nice of them. That's nice. Um, yeah. So uh, they they ultimately won, but we won our first round match against WIP's Joe Giglio. Um, sure did. 
And then we ran into the buzzsaw. Fan of the show, Joe Giglio, from what I hear. Enjoys listening to Snow the Goalie. So that's cool. Um, But uh, then we ran we ran into the buzzsaw um, of Macnow and Didinger in the second round, and we were uh, ceremoniously dumped. (laughs) Bone to pick with you on this, and I think people need. I think people are going to support me on this. Go ahead. So, if if we're being honest, uh, Glenn and Ray probably should have been the the main representative there from radio would be my guess. A lot of people love Glenn and Ray. I enjoy Glenn and Ray. Hell, if 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 they hadn't been matched up against us, against us, I would have voted for Glenn and Ray. I'm pretty sure you actually did vote for Glenn and Ray. Um I did. I I feel I feel like the way that you admitted defeat was cowardly. It was reprehensible and I I feel like you should be struck down at some point for turning your back on the the 120 people, 129 people who have left a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and the six people, five people on Facebook who have left a five-star review. I feel like you spat in their faces by admitting defeat, not openly campaigning for the Only Flyers podcast. And I will also submit as uh, Exhibit B that Stick to Hockey, our friends Jason Rutitas and Russ Cohen, took on Glenn and Ray in the next round and were successful. Now, there were uh, a couple questions uh, murmured in some DMs that perhaps there were some burner accounts that might have uh, played a role in that. But nevertheless, Stick to Hockey ended up going on. That could have been us, Anthony. It could have been us. We could have gone head-to-head. It could have been the only Sixers podcast versus the only Flyers podcast going with a trip to the final, and instead, you rolled over and died. No, now let me let me say defend this. defend yourself. I don't need fraud. to even defend myself because I'm not a fraud. Here's the one thing, and this is why I believe people like our show, and people tune into Snow the Goalie, and people tune into the Press Row Show, and uh, are, follow us on Crossing Broad and on Twitter. The the thing about us is that we pull no punches. We don't try and sugarcoat anything. We just want to share true, honest opinions and true, honest stories and true, honest facts, right? This is what we do, and this is what we're good at. It's why the, the players are so willing to come onto the show and be a, a guests, guests of ours, um, uh, it's why they talk to us about our show in the in the locker room. Um, there's there's something about what we do that is different than everyone else. Okay, and while you may sit there and say, "Well, that's why we should have made this push," blah 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 blah, we don't need to do that. We need to maintain the fact that we are all about the truth and we are all about being honest. And if I'm going to tell the truth and I'm going to be honest. We've been together, Russ, for two years. As a matter of fact, I think we're almost right up against our two-year anniversary. I think Aww. it was the very end of March of Anthony of uh, of 2018 when we started the show. Okay, but we've only done this for two years, once a week for two years, and we've come a long way, and 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 that's mm-hmm. great. But the fact of the matter is, is Glenn Macnow and Ray Dininger as a show is the best radio show out there talking sports. They also can talk about other things that are not sports-related. And the thing that they do that maybe no other show does as well as them 
is they are able to fluently talk about every sport in town. And to do – well, except soccer. McNeil's not a soccer guy. Although Ray Ray can bring it up every once in a while. But they can fluently talk about the four primary sports in town without issue. And they do it without screaming at you. They do it by having a conversation. And they do it by keeping it real and keeping it honest. Like we try to do with our show. They have far more experience at doing it than we do. They have a far greater following than we do. And so, therefore, all I was doing was saying, hey, listen, be nice. And, look, we did get 30% of the vote. That's not bad. No, but the that, fact- wasn't, that, was, that was a respectable number. It is. It is. We got 30%. But the fact is we were going up against a, a show that we really did not deserve to beat at this, at this phase of – the the life the lifetime of snow the goalie it's just not there yet did we get screwed in the seating yes <laughs> that i'll go with <laughs> i fe- i felt like some of these other podcasts um got a little bit better matchups than we did <laughs> now he did Kyle did uh, admit after the fact that uh the seatings got screwed up and it was really just for fun, which it is. Yeah, of course still. it is. Of course still. it is. So there's the re- so there. I I think of that again. I don't think I don't look at it as defending myself. You want to say it's defending myself? That's fine. But I think that that's the reason why I wasn't admitting defeat early. I was just saying mm-hmm. we're not we're not on that plane. And to so be I- even, even to be in that matchup, we should be honored. That we're considered amongst the 16 best Philadelphia sports shows. And that, you know what? We didn't beat Glenn and Ray, but that's that's okay. <laughs> like anyone else on there, I probably get a little annoyed <laughs> that we lose. Glenn and Ray, I don't I don't get annoyed. Yeah, it's fine. Um, by the way, I, I did a little bit of research here. Our first episode, we are very close to the uh the two year anniversary, pal. Uh in fact, March 27th of 2018 is when we released a, no, hold on, is when we released a 13-minute episode that was a primer for for what the show was going to be. Yeah. If you can believe it. And uh, our first official episode was, (laughs) and this isn't a joke, it was April Fool's Day of 2018. There you go. So I guess... I guess what I'm saying is we have to uh, – we're probably going to have to do something to celebrate it because next week, of course, it will be the 30th when we do our show. Or do we push it back? Do we push it back to April Fool's Day just so that we can celebrate the two-year anniversary? What do you think? Well, we can have fun with that. That would be a Wednesday, that'd be a Wednesday show. Who yeah. wants to do a Wednesday show? That doesn't <laughs> sound fun. By the way, so let's talk about the things that this is screwed up. I mentioned potential announcements and everything getting screwed up. Do you realize what we were supposed to be doing uh, almost exactly a week from today? A week from today? Yeah. Oh, that was it was the week uh, eight days from today. We were yep. supposed to be giving that uh, speech at the at Drexel LeBeau. Yeah, at the College of Business. Yeah, which got canceled. To talk about to talk <laughs> about podcasting. Yeah, we were very excited for it, and uh, nope, nope. Got wiped COVID out by sucks. coronavirus. COVID-19 yep. 
is a damn disgrace. Yeah, it's a shame. It should feel bad about itself. It should go cry in a corner. I don't like COVID-19. Anything else you wanted to hit uh, here with the uh, flight? Let me ask you. Mm. How have you felt about the uh, the the decision by NBC Sports Philadelphia to go back and show classic games? Classic in quotes, but but games of, of note. So I'm going to take you back again to when you were probably five. There used to be a channel on cable Present. called the Classic Sports Network. Oh, a different one. Do you remember it? I remember ESPN Classic. What was no, the no, Classic no. Sports there was Network? Its a, there was its own channel. So there was a there was a so pre Comcast Sportsnet when we were in the Prism generation. Uh, yeah. There was actually a, cha- a network called the Sports Channel. It was based out of I want to say North Jersey. Um, but it, it had like alternative sports programming, but it was kind of cool because it was right next to prism in your cable lineup. So you would watch it. And if there was nothing on prism, it was like, well, let's see what's on the sports channel. Well, the sports channel didn't last very long, kind of went out of business, but when it went out of business, they replaced it with something called the classic sports network and the classic sports network showed classic sports games from the past. 24-7. The only ones that it didn't have was football because the NFL has different rights with get, you know getting the rights to their games. But it, it had college football, no, but no pro. Um, and it had baseball, basketball, hockey, um, and some college basketball, college football. It was cool. Like you would put it on and it, it was a different game every, every time you – it's not like they do now where they put it on – like like MLB has been putting on like their twenty greatest games, but like it's one a day, and you basically watch if you watch it during the day, and then you go back to put it on at night, and guess what? It's the same game you watched earlier in the day. So there's there they this channel used to spread it out, and there was a different game on all the time, and it was great regular season games, great playoff game. It didn't matter. It was really kind of cool, and you didn't you know you weren't getting the same thing over and over and over again. So I don't mind that that's what they're doing to try and fill the void of there being no sports to get to watch some old games. I'll be honest, I've watched some. Uh, I had my son, who, who wasn't even alive, sit down and watch Duke-Kentucky um, college basketball game that was on on uh, Saturday. Um, we watched that together because I was actually present for that game. I still say it was the greatest sporting event I've ever been at in person. Um and so I had him watch it, like was kind of talking through. It was kind of neat to, you know, have him experience that for the first time. So I kind of dig it a little bit. But the problem is, especially on a local level, is we show the same damn things over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Like there are other great games. Look for the Flyers. They're playing the game seven against Boston, right? And that was a great game. It's the best hockey game I've uh, – hockey playoff thing I've ever covered. Um, probably the best hockey game I've ever covered, to be honest with you. The whole story of, of com- the coming back from 3-0 down and 3-0 in game seven, it, it, it was it was special. It was kind of cool, okay? But they're now beating it to death. I think it's been on four times, <laughs> right? Like, okay, can we try something else? A guy tweeted me the other day, or it might have been earlier today. Uh, it was either yesterday or earlier today. And he was saying, you know, hey, do you remember this? This was like the craziest two minutes in hockey that I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, I saw that. Yep. And it was the 2004 Flyers Maple Leafs game six in Toronto. Jeremy Roenick scores the overtime goal. Yep. Phenomenal. And the guy was spot on right. That overtime was unbelievable. That building, 
I've I've not been in very many buildings that have been louder than that building. That was amazing what it sounded like in Toronto. And then mm-hmm. Ronick just silenced them with that goal, which was awesome. And that was that's a great game, right? We never see that game. Show the game where they got into <laughs> all the fights with Ottawa. Right, show that game, and some of the other things that I wish that they would do when they show these games, they show the classic games, show some like interviews afterwards. They were fun too, like find some stuff that's like really kind of entertaining and fun, and put them on. I'd watch. You know what I would watch? So, I would watch the game against Winnipeg where they lose nine to eight, and Brzezgalov after the game says he's lost in the woods. <laughs> Like that, I would watch that whole thing and then watch his interview afterwards. That would be fun. That would be fun. But they don't think that way. They think let's just put the greatest games and that's it, and we'll play them, you know, repeatedly, and that's what people will be happy with. I, I think, think people would like been, some of these other things so more. I think it might have been Amy Fadul. I'm not positive. I did see somebody uh, from Philly media say uh, something to the effect of the way that the rights work for some of these games and the complications that it can create because it's it's partially on the network for how long they own the exclusive rights to it, then it's the team, and then it actually goes back to the league. So I wonder if some of those games are are held up in a, in a rights, not a rights dispute, but it's just not something that is as easily accessible as we might want it to be. I would make the the point that I think it would be really cool to go back and it, it practically writes itself, but you go back and, and you do new commentary on the game. Not necessarily the play-by-play, but you do it almost like a um, the way that the Phillies do the video yearbook at the end of, of the season. You go back in and, and you have cutaways or you have like um, you know off in the corner almost. Like, remember when uh, VH1 used to do the pop-up video? Yeah. on the, the different music videos, if you did something to that effect where it's like, all right, what does Jeremy Roenick see as he's getting ready to go in on that on that final so, shift? So basically you want, a com- you want a DVD commentary of games. Yeah, I think it'd be kind of okay. Because I, I like hearing the original play-by-play and the color, uh, color uh, analysis of it, but I wonder if... No, actually, I don't wonder. I think people would be really excited if all you had to do were a few cut-ins by players and coaches from that moment of of what this shift meant, or this was the the moment that the momentum changed, and here's what we said on the bench, and here's what we saw. People would eat that up, and it doesn't take a whole lot of work. I mean, it really would be as simple as let's get a couple of these guys in, or or four or five of these guys in, or let's send a camera out to wherever they're at, and let's get a, a cutaway from them. Heck, even in in this uh, social distancing, isolation, quarantine uh, existence we all live in, it's so easy to do a video conference and just capture the video there. You know what I mean? Like there, there are so many possibilities here that would be really exciting that they could do potentially. I think it would be just like another layer to this that people would absolutely eat up. Eat up, bud. I agree. I agree with you on that. I really do. Um, I think that would be kind of a fun thing to, you know, w- watch it in that in that vein, almost with the running commentary of a couple players as it's happening, kind of thing. That'd yeah. be cool. It would be. Yeah. You know what else would be cool? If uh, sports betting were a, were back to being a thing, 
our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook, which you can sign up, and, and you still could sign up for and probably should sign up for uh, using the promo code CROSSINGBROAD, of course. Uh, they've got a, an excellent sign-up bonus of up to $1,000, but right now the, the, the pickings are a little bit slim, I would say. Uh, right now as a feature on DraftKings Sportsbook, they've got um, table tennis. COVID-19 sucks. DraftKings Sportsbook does not. Right? Right. Uh, I I think those fine folks, our friends over at uh, DraftKings Sportsbook at this point, are probably at least somewhat disgusted by uh, how how things have gone down here. Anthony, can you imagine placing a bet on table tennis? Would you feel good about it? No. (laughs) No. Like, I know people get really excited in the moment where it's like, all right, you know what, this 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 could be a thing. This could be fun uh, to do. I do. I throw money down on Dmitry Deverinsky or on Boris Kotsiuk. I don't know. But I'll tell you what, DraftKings Sportsbook, they've got it ready to go. We could go to uh, some soccer. Of course, the Turkish Superliga has shut down. But Anthony, fear not, my friend. Belarus still has their Premier League going uh would you like to take a guess on who the favorite is between torpedo balaz zodino and fc belshina babrusiak hmm you know what russ i think i'd rather skip that game and i want to mm. i, I want to place my bet on energetic bgu Ooh, and where do you see them at friend they're plus 155 against rubrest yeah, but why would you go for that? Torpedoes minus 180. There you go. About as sure of a thing as you can get. By the way, uh, this is the moment, Myanmar. Myanmar's National League Soccer League. That's right, friends. 5.30 a.m. on Tuesday. You can uh, throw down some money on Magwe FC versus Yangon United. Hey. Because, the, yeah. The Ger- German League is still going in no. soccer? No, it's not. No? no? It's not. That's not true. No. Oh. They uh they've postponed. What you're looking at right now is the DFB Pokal. That's like a national tournament of sorts. That's like the um Oh, okay. You wouldn't understand this, but it's it's like when you take a, all the pro leagues and Oh, they, it's like let's let's stop pl- let's stop playing the, our league the US, and go play for the US, an, the US, US Open Cup. Yeah. It's like a it's a, a tournament for German teams, but it doesn't just have to be the the top Bundesliga. It's why soccer's out of control. Go ahead. It's not out of control. It's perfectly fine. You're yeah. You're just an upsetting human being. Anyway, you can go over to DraftKings Sportsbook, and like I mentioned before, they have a fantastic sign-up bonus for new users of up to $1,000. You go over there, you use our promo code CROSSINGBROAD, and you can take advantage of that. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Pennsylvania only in partnership with Meadows Racetrack and Casino. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25-time playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. There you go. See, you like how I wove that in there? Yeah. You're kind of like, you're like, think, you know what? I, don't you have to do another one? Well, no. I was gonna say, like, you you probably thought that was odd that I brought it up like it did, but you know, it's not odd. Odd Logic Brewing Company, located at 500 Bristol Pike in Bristol, PA. Odd Logic Brewing Company are fine friends, and look, we support local business. We prefer to work with local businesses whenever and wherever we can, and we love Odd Logic Brewing Company. Of course, the uh, mandates that came down from uh, Governor Tom Wolf might be making things a little bit more difficult on restaurants and breweries uh, with the now stay, what is it, the shelter in place, the stay at home 
ordinances that have been put out. But I, I can tell you that over the weekend, Odd Logic Brewing Company, they were running a lot of really cool specials. They were doing uh, takeout only. They had a really cool special going on uh, Sunday where you know people could could pull up. You get four cans of of beer and a mystery gift card ranging from five to twenty five dollars. And and once things get back to normal, those were redeemable. So. It was a nice little thing that uh, Odd Logic Brewing Company was running. I can tell you that they had really cool plans on uh, expanding outdoors. And uh, I think if if for no other reason than wanting sports back and hockey back, I just want sports back so that we can go out to Odd Logic Brewing Company and do uh, some playoff shows. I think that'd be a lot of fun. And uh, you know what, Anthony? I, I think I could even be convinced to go out and have a good time at Odd Logic Brewing Company and watch a baseball game. That's right. I said it. Well, you should. It'd be a good spot to go, especially in, you know when they, you know, the weather's warm and they can pull that front, uh, that front, like uh, I don't even want to call it the, like a the gate. door, the garage door, garage door the garage kind door of thing. Yeah. I guess is what it is, yeah. right? Pull pull that up, get some fresh air flowing in the place, and got the TVs on and the beers on tap. That'll be a good spot to go. Uh, there were rumors cool. of a of a nice big screen going outside, some seating, some fire pits. I think they were planning on doing so. Uh, Listen, the best thing that you can do for a small business right now, especially restaurants and breweries, is even if they're not allowed to uh, to have dine-in and uh, if you're not comfortable takeout, you can buy a gift card and still provide some lifeblood for their, their business. So, uh, you know, if you haven't been out to Odd Logic Brewing Company, obviously you can't just go frolic out there on a, uh, on a whim at this point. You can go online and buy a, uh, a gift card. You can buy some of their merch. They've got some some cool St. Paddy's Day themed uh, shirts that you can uh, go out and get and some excellent glassware. Cool logo. So uh, support them. We love them. For sure. Anything else you want to talk about with hockey? No, I think we're good. We're an hour into this thing. I think this was uh, we were able to milk an hour out of it. That's good stuff. Good My wife looked at me as I, uh, as I prepared to come back down for the second show tonight. Yeah. And she was like, oh, are you done? I was like, no, we just got done doing crossing broadcast. She was like, what? I was like, yeah. I was like, but you know, she's like, well, what's there to talk about with hockey? I'm like, oh, if only you knew. I said, I don't think it's gonna be that long. I think it'll be about a half hour, forty minute show, which of course is code for it's gonna be at least an hour. Yeah. And here we are. Yeah, I've been sitting here for three hours, Ross. This is. Uh, oh, you poor thing. This is brutal. You, oh, you poor thing. What a what a rough life you lead. <laughs> you know what I'm gonna do tomorrow, Anthony? I'm gonna work from home like you. Yeah. But I'm gonna have a three year old and a four year old hanging off me, and my wife's gonna work from home. And you know what? Uh, the sanity that I once held is uh, very quickly dissipating. I'm not <laughs> sure that I'm going to make it through uh, these next few weeks, months. And you, baby have, another on the one, way. you have another one on the baby, way. Baby on the way, the first week of May. I will say, so I can selfishly say that this has actually been kind of nice, being able to, to do the whole work-from-home shtick and uh, hockey being paused. I no longer have to worry that I'm going to be down at a Flyers game at Wells Fargo Center. My wife calls me telling me she went into labor. At least I'll be here. So that's good. That's <laughs> that's a positive. That a is negative. a positive. Global, global yeah. pandemic <laughs> and the stress that that has caused our family and not being able to see uh, our parents and the boys haven't seen their grandparents. Yeah, other than that, everything's great. It's well. All right. At least we got good news on hockey. Let's be honest. Somewhat good news, yeah. It's it's pretty good news. So let me let me ask you because I did this last week. Yeah. What's your prediction based on the information that we got today, and obviously pending a a pretty potentially massive uh, you know call tomorrow. Where are you at right now? 
when do we see hockey return uh, to the the public sphere? Yeah. Um, are you talking about an actual game, or when is it? When are they back? And we're, they're back practicing. And when are when are they back practicing? Let's I still. I'm going to stick. I'm going to stick with. Uh, I'm going to stick with you know mid mid to late May. I, that's where I had it at last week, and I said that they'd probably be back playing by Memorial Day. I think it's pr- maybe a, that might get pushed by a week or so, but I think that that's kind of what we're looking at. So you think that they're back playing in June? In June June first ish. Yeah. Empty arenas, though. Maybe. It depends. Maybe. There's so much maybe? we don't know, right? There's so much we don't know. Like you know, the, the orders keep changing. It was first. It was like okay. Shut everything down to March 28th. Now shut everything down to April 6th. Are we doing this week by week? Right? I mean, who knows? It, yeah, it, it depends. So. I can tell, well, I mean, and some states are taking this a little bit, you know, more uh, head on. Did you see Virginia announced that all of their schools are shutting down effective immediately? I think they're going to all go online, but they've actually said that nobody's going back into a school until at least uh I guess the beginning of next school year, they're like even leaving it open that, that they might not start the school year. I mean, that's, that's pretty drastic. Uh, Delaware, I think made the announcement that they're doing, uh, I think their schools aren't opening back up until like May 10th, something like that. Pennsylvania has got another two weeks added on. So it's going to be right on the, the, uh, opposite end of of the Easter break. Close to Easter. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. So. We'll see what the federal mandates are. We'll see what the where the states are at. It would be interesting. I mean, I will say if if the idea here is that uh, we could safely have hockey back, even if it's in empty arenas, by June, that would be that would be pretty nice. Yeah, I agree. But we'll see. We will. It's either going to go well or it's not. But we will that's not that, let this get us that's down. That's a hell of a prediction by you, right there. Oh, by the way, I forgot because I said I wanted to really quickly touch on uh, some of the the thoughts that people shared over the weekend over on at uh, Snow the Goalie on Twitter. Uh, we put out uh, when it was nine days since the Flyers had uh, or since the NHL had made the announcement about pausing the season. And I said, you know, what are some uh, some things that you like the most about Ivan Provorov, who, of course, wears number nine? Uh, Dr. Janitor at The Maniac said, uh highly rated or highly underrated go to Selly and has the gif of the celebration. Uh, we had Tim Menig, uh, Tim men 53 say, uh, Oh my God, only nine days. It seems like an eternity ago. We had Steven Petruskovich say, uh, watched him play in Brandon as a junior. The kid is special. We're just seeing him blossom. Now hack coaching style did not suit his game. Watch out Norris winner in the next year or so. We had Scott E. say his Iron Man ways. We had Matthew Fest say that overtime goal versus Montreal, coast to coast, through the legs, stick, lift, shelf, and the siren. Uh, Logan uh, at Grady Hart said, having a hometown number one D-man that can do it all. And uh, goals like the overtime winner versus Montreal. Loretta said, uh, even though Provorov is my favorite player currently, I miss the orange and black, period. And McKenzie said his hair, that flow, man. So that was all about Provorov. And uh, for 10 days since, we put up a picture of John LeClaire. And uh, Dan Horn said, I'll go with him scoring through the side of the net against the Sabres in the playoffs. I was there with my uncle. Must have been 12 or 13. We sat on that side uh, when he started celebrating. I kept saying there was no way it went in, only to find out on the way home it didn't. It was That was pretty wild, actually. 
Uh, somebody put up the LeClaire tying uh, Game 4 of the 2004 Eastern Conference Finals. Um, Nick Ruger said, one time I was at a Flyers game, can't remember the year, but there was a large gentleman sitting in front of me. LeClaire scores, we're all cheering. He sits back down, leans over, and says, every time I hear LeClaire, I get hungry for an eclair. Uh, Elite Mike says, uh, saw LeClaire after he retired at Borgata. He kind of... Uh, he walked kind of tilted forward, I guess, from all those years on skates. I remember his forearms being gigantic. He was built like a lumberjack. Uh, Misty Love 1022 said every single one until he went to the pens. Do you want to comment on that really quickly? I know that was a uh, salary cap issue, but no, he was at the, he was at the end at that point. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, last one here from uh, Vaughn PSU 22. Gritty is my co-pilot. Says all of them. He's my favorite flyer of all time. He was a moose in front of the net and could rip a clapper from the dots. My prototype for an effective power forward. That's good. Stuff. I kind of like this. I thought those were those were all like good things. That was all good feedback. Maybe we'll have to keep going with that. What do you you should. You want to do that? You oh, should. by the way, as we uh, keep meandering and and not wanting to uh, end the episode, it's really just me trying to anger you. Mm. Um, we did have two five star reviews over on the Facebook page that we didn't read. Do you want to get to them? Go ahead. All right. So uh, this one came to us from Preston Blake Thompson. Uh, I have been listening to Snow the Goalie pretty regularly as of recent. Definitely the best Flyers podcast out there. Was very critical of this podcast after the Kevin Hayes signing and the initial negative reaction. Time will tell on the contract, but at least it's a good deal this season. Would give this pod six stars if I could. Let's go Flyers. Big thank you there to uh preston that's cool um and then we had another one from joe cavallo or cavallo i guess it depends uh great interviews i love the topics they discuss and even with hockey on hold they still have interesting discussions i'm going through the archives now and i love listening to them it's really nice two five-star reviews over on facebook.com slash snow the goalie all right give the people something positive anthony on the way out Something you're uh, happy about this week. Anything good happen to you? No. All right, and with that, thanks for tuning in to a new episode <laughs> of Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast, the People's Podcast, the Presidential Podcast, the Players Podcast, the Pandemic Podcast, the Positivity Podcast. For Anthony, at Ann Sanfilly, I'm Russ, at Joanne Broad. Thanks for tuning in to Snow the Goalie at snowthegoalie, facebook.com slash snowthegoalie, and we will be talking to you again next week. <laughs>